0: Welcome to the Mamas con Ganas podcast. That's Mamas as in, hey mama, y te traemos episodios para que tengas las ganas de motivarte, surgir y triunfar. Don't be a mama con drama, let's be Mamas con Ganas. I'm your host, Valentina Azara.
1: On this episode of the Mamas con Ganas podcast, I'm interviewing Rochelle Garcia-Pena, Entrepreneur, author, and lifestyle leader. Welcome, Rochelle, to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I
2: love talking to you. So I'm excited to be here.
1: And this has been a long time coming. Oh my God, Mamacita. Okay, so Rochelle is a Mamacita I wanted to have on the podcast for a very long time for many various reasons. I've known Rochelle since she was mere 13 years old. She's one of my sister's best friends. And so it's a pleasure to finally have you here on the podcast. I know, I've been listening to all your episodes and congrats on almost 200 episodes. Yes, you're actually 211, girl. Congrats. <laughs> thank, you, thank you. So, Rochelle, I wanted to bring you on the podcast because I think you're an amazing example of a life well-lived and like an overall life well-lived. And I and I think a lot of times, you know, many people think that they can't live this sort of balanced life or a successful because sometimes the word balance is, um, I think, inappropriately used. And they think, like, everything has to be perfect, like, all the time. But what I mean to say when I say balanced in your in your case is that you really do, I think, nurture all the different aspects of your life. And I think that's why you're a great lifestyle leader. I think it was, like, the procession of you becoming a lifestyle leader now and an author and, like, sort of sharing, like, how you live your life is, is an example or is basically, like, a result of you nurturing all the different areas of your life. Now, but before we go into all of this and into the entrepreneurship and all the things that you're doing, let's start a little bit from the beginning so that people know where you're from and sort of like, what got you here? Oh my God, what a loaded question, but
2: (laughs) yes. um, So I was born in, in Miami, Florida, raised in Weston, Florida. And so where I... How did I end up where I am today as a lifestyle leader, a mom, author? It all started uh I think after grad school. I was a pharmacist. I graduated as a pharmacist. I know that wasn't in my title. That was many years ago, but I really feel like that defined uh the start of my career, my entrepreneurship career. The minute I got um my pharmacy license, I went from intern to pharmacy manager at the age of 25. And In pharmacy school, we didn't learn anything about leadership, about hiring, firing, sales. And I was just thrown in there. But when you're young, you're like, I was hungry to learn everything. And little did I know that those challenges that I faced, you know, really trying to understand the business part of pharmacy, I had a lot of challenges with team members and hiring and firing. Little did I know that that was going to actually propel me and help my husband, who um, is a pediatric dentist, opened up his practice. And why we decided to join forces together is because I had the corporate know how. I did acquisitions as a pharmacy, like we bought different pharmacists. I used to work for Target, and Target is a big company. And so, what that means is they had great business college, like training tools. And I even got a license to, um, to hire, like not license, but a certificate. So, All of these things actually helped me understand how to run a business, and I even learned marketing, how Target does their marketing and their um, even compliance, which is all plays into a business, right? Especially a medical business, like a dental business, you have to be in compliance. Um, I learned that also with pharmacy. So that's how I got here
1: today, where I am, and um, And we'll talk about uh, And and then, because I feel like it's da-da-da-da, and then she built- You, guys, you can stop like, me at any time because I can just talk, talk, talk. <laughs> I know. But the, the incredible thing is that, you know, what people might not know is that you built along alongside your, your husband, a multi-million dollar business, right? And not only did you do that, but you were able to do that at the same time. Tell us about your family because you have like, you know, you're a mom. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about what you were doing at the same time. You were juggling your business alongside with building a family. Tell us a little bit about that. I had two babies
2: at one time. That's like flat out how to say it. In 2011, I had my first son, and there's no manual. For any moms that are listening, they, there's no manual on how to raise a kid, how to have bleeding nipples, how to breastfeed, all that stuff. But at the same time, that was the same year that I helped my husband open up our pediatric dental office. So um, it was crazy. I had my first child. And there was a lot of instability. So we had to do what it took. We moved in with my parents, with a newborn baby, um, from living like a beautiful apartment in the beach. And we went head in because we were so strong about like our mission and purpose. But then six months later, I found out I was pregnant again. And I was like, oh, my God, (laughs) I am still not sleeping. And I'm still trying to figure out how to do balance, right? Like balance my my baby and wanting to be home with him but i couldn't because i was growing a business with my husband and he needed to be there and we needed to do marketing and you know website and get patients in the door reviews like all that stuff so it was like okay i was juggling I had to go to work nine to five. My, my son was at home with a babysitter. It's not like I was at home, you know, being able to like, if he was sick, he stayed home. I had to go to work, but it was definitely so worth it because I knew that we, I was part of something that was even bigger than myself. And one thing I don't mind sacrifice. And I, I sacrificed certain things back then because I knew there was like this gut in my feeling that I knew that if we just kept going forward, um, that in the end I would be okay. And where we are today. And like you mentioned, we went from one little office to seven locations in less than 10 years. We sold for eight figures, multi-million, like crazy. And like we had 18 doctors working for us at the end and it was challenging, but so fun. And then after having two kids, I you know, I gave myself a break. And then a year later I had another baby. So I was raising three kids under the age of three. At that point we had three locations and we were rapidly growing. We were just growing so fast because we were serving an underserved population of children with special needs who had little to no access to care, children that were on state um, Medicaid insurance. And for us, It wasn't about the money. It was about being different from the dentist next door. We opened when there was eight pediatric dentists in our city. And since we had a strong mission and purpose, it helped us really define where we're going and also build an amazing team culture that was there, not for the paycheck, but because for the difference that they were making in every child's lives every day.
1: And I want to go back to where you're talking about sacrifice. Because when you mentioned that, it really struck me because I do believe that that's part of what makes Rochelle who she is. Like the fact that, like you said, that you're not, that you don't shy away from sacrifice. And the other thing that I'm getting is that you really keep your eye on the prize. Like if yes. you know, you've, you sort of know where you're going and what your destination is, then you know that the roadblocks that come or the sacrifices are going to be worth it. Like, what is your mindset when it comes to sacrifice? Because I think a lot of people struggle with having to give up like their comfort in, in the moment for mm-hmm. a future.
2: Right. And it's it's the common saying of delayed gratification and sacrifice is necessary to be successful because you know what clarity drives confidence and what does that mean when you're clear on where you want to go you are confident that you know what i may be sacrificing x y and z but i know in the future i'm going to get there and you know that's why like success is without struggle and i knew that You know, my parents, I think it was instilled from my parents, they sacrificed a lot to come to the United States at the mere age of 21. My dad got off the plane. He had nobody to pick him up. Uh, The only thing he knew was English. It's not like he had a house waiting for him and... I saw the sacrifices as a young child that my parents made to go from, you know, same thing. They were nurses. They became entrepreneurs. They also sold their company for seven figures. And I saw the evolution and I saw the sacrifice and they always brought me back to the Philippines to show me, listen, Rochelle you know, our ancestors, we all paved the way so that every generation gets better and better. And if you can, rather than saying, Oh, why me or poor me? Like think about all the people who has paved the way to get for you to be where you are today. And if you practice gratitude, I mean, it all just works together.
1: That's beautiful. I think it speaks a lot for the values that you guys have as a family, which sort of has me step on the on the subject of spirituality because i know that's another aspect and facet of your life yes. uh your spiritual life can you tell us about what that means to you and how you try to instill that into your children
2: um, spiritual god and you know everybody believes in the same god but where i see a lot of people that stray away is cuz there's there's nothing that really centers them and for us we have what's called a gfb principle it's got it's always been god family and business and you know i think when my husband lost his mom at a very young age and everyone's like oh i'm praying for you and like the power of prayer you know i went to catholic high school um we well, we both went to the same high school and you i learned about religion i was in you know um ap theology but i think when you're young and you don't really have any struggle because you and your parents my parents were together Um, You find God at different parts in your life. And I I really found the power of prayer when his mom died. But then, you know, what really exemplified it is when you go into business and you start struggling and you start wondering, how am I going to make it? working out and self-care yes that is also necessary but there needs to be like a higher being so that you could push through and say you know what i know god has my back going to church and and really instilling that in my kids and we talk about it every day we're like guys life is going to be hard but as long as you have somewhere that you can center you you pray to god and we we've seen it work in our favor. We, we pray and we're like, God, please just show us a way. Just, we promise we're doing something good. We're giving back to kids. We're doing your work. Just like show us the light. And eventually he did. And like, that's where like the confidence in, I think in prayer um, really, it really like solidified our faith.
1: It's really beautiful because I feel like a lot of people um, wonder why their life is so let's say off balance or out of whack. Right. And it seems to me like when I look at your life, I see somebody who has like their priorities straight, right? You said God, God first, like this faith, this unshakable faith, that connection to the spirit, to like, to to God, really. And then you said family, right? So it's like the importance that you place on on the, your partnership with your husband, which is completely evident when you started becoming an influencer not so long ago, right? You But you start sharing all these things and it's like, no wonder Rochelle's life life works. Because yes. she places a a very high importance in God and then on her husband and the partnership with him and also her children. And then the business comes. But it's sort of like yes. the foundation is set in a very strong way where things just sort of have to, at the end of the day, work themselves out. And then when you play sacrifice on top of it, it's like, okay, these are like little by little, we start hearing the, the key ingredients to, to a successful life, I think
2: yeah absolutely and what what you mentioned in the beginning um of the interview is you know i nurture what's important to me and if you don't nurture a plant, you don't water it, it's going to die. And what I learned early on in high school, actually, and it was from the priest. He asked us one day, who do you love as a parent? Who do you think you love more, your kids or your husband? And I was like, duh, my mom loves me more. And he's like, no, you actually should love your spouse more because you're the foundation. Obviously, the love you have for your kids is different, but once you stop, like not nurturing your, your relationship with your husband, things fall apart because kids feel that energy. And when mommy and daddy are not good, things start to fall apart. And, you know, with our kids, we're, there's times where sometimes we're like, okay, we got dance, we got tennis. We have so many things going on. And then my husband and I will look at each other. We're like, but we're starting to feel like roommates. And so we were like, we would, we'll stop. And the good thing is we both recognize it. And we say, you know, guys, we love you, but mommy and daddy are going on a weekend getaway or we're going out to dinner. And we never let our kids give us like that guilt, like crying, like pulling our leg at the door. Of course, then when they were little, they would cry, but they, they, we never talked to them like a baby ever since I can remember, we would talk to them like an adult, like you know, Adrian, Leia, Annabelle, mommy, daddy have to go because we are the rock of the family and um, we have to nurture our relationship. And I want to show them that good example so that when they get older and when they have kids, they understand that they're going to have to work on their, you know, so that they don't have to go through a divorce with kids because it is really hard on the kids.
1: Yeah, but it's, but it's interesting because as you're saying this, what I'm thinking about is all the couples that I know that have like a, a rock solid foundation always prioritize the yes. couple and their time together. And then it's sort of like everything else falls into place when they're in good standing. And it's so true. It's yeah. like you to nurture the romance and the and the passion yeah. and the friendship within that partnership because sometimes, like you mentioned, life is so stressful. There's so many things that are like tugging at you that you might forget to reconnect. But it's super, super important. It's very important, especially when you work with your husband. (laughs) Talking about working with your husband, because that's sort of like a reason why you became an author, right? You wanted to share... Um, a little bit about what that experience was like and how you were able to work with your husband successfully. Because I personally don't believe that everybody could do that. I think no. it's something that, that's very, that could be very challenging. I, per- I, I love my husband to death, but I don't know if I'd be able to work with him in the capacity that you were able to work with Will. Can you tell us a little bit about that journey of working with him and sort of the challenges that you face? Oh, yes, absolutely. And as you mentioned,
2: I wrote a book about it because there was a time, I mean, there are so many stories, but we don't have five days to tell everything. So I'll, I'm going to make it really short. Um, there was a time that I Googled. Well, first, I was, I quit. I, I got fired. I mean, like you, I didn't get special treatment and I wanted to make that really clear with our company that I was not a sacred cow as well. So there's a lot of women who work with their husband and they hide behind their husband, right? Like, oh, he's going to protect me. I am such an independent, strong woman that If I left my six-figure salary, a doctorate degree, right, to come and build something that's even bigger than myself, you better believe I'm going to make sure that I deserve to be there and not because I'm the wife of Dr. Pena. And so, um, you know, I wrote a book because one time I was Googling how to be the wife of a CEO, because I will tell you that the key to working together as husband and wife is it needs to be clearly defined who's the boss. There can't be two chiefs, right? Um and and we didn't want to confuse our team like is Dr. Peña the boss or is the wife? And I I never wanted and I never had that power struggle cuz he is the pediatric dentist and together we complement each other. So that's I think that's number one rule is you need to clearly define he's the CEO and I was the co-founder, you know, I I did so many things in the company. Basically um helped bring all the patients in the office. Like I was I was the secret sauce and he says it all the time. He's like, without Rochelle, like he knows the dental, right? I, I came in with all my business knowledge. Although he has his MBA, when you have an MBA, but you have no working like practice, it really doesn't mean as much. No offense to anybody who does. My husband has an MBA, so um, it doesn't offend him either. And so, you know, we had the same vision and purpose For growing our business, but there were definitely those challenging times. And I, I think the breaking point for us was taking a personality test and understanding, you know, how we are in our personal lives. I'm fun. I love to dance, but, and same thing with him, you know, when we get to work and when we have to make very difficult decision that is when you really can tell like okay are you guys going to make it or break it um is it something that you can you make it together and when we did a disc it's called the DISC personality test have you ever taken one before yes yes absolutely very there's Myers-Briggs this test and That's when we hired a leadership coach. Uh, We had had a corporate office. We were growing rapidly and we had a core admin team. And for me, leadership has, um, I actually brought her in because I believe that the other secret to our success is we taught all of our managers and our admin team leadership through bringing in this business coach. She made us take this personality test. And when we took it, he's like, oh my God. Now I know why you're like X, Y, and Z. And now, and then I understood why he was like, you know, very, you know, determined dominant. Um, you know, the traits of like pushing the company forward, making tough decisions. We had complementing um personalities. And then I think the key to working with your husband is understanding each other's strengths, weaknesses. And where he's strong, I'm weak. Where I'm weak, he's strong. And we, you, if you put those together, that is what makes a power couple. Um, and I don't believe that everybody can work together. hundred yeah. percent, I agree.
1: Yes. And I, I, you know, it's interesting what you said that it's like, it's the balance of your weaknesses and strengths. And like knowing that the other person is gonna be your fortress may be where you're not so what you're not so strong at. I think that's very key because if both people are competing and for example, when you mentioned about, you know, there has to be like one top leader, I find that very courageous because I feel like a lot of people are like on ego trips and it's like, a instead of working with their husband, you could be end up competing With your spouse, which then creates even more like animosity and even more like friction with that person. And I think in reality, no matter who we work with, it's sort of like there has to be uh, some understandings of, you know, bringing in your strengths and allowing the other people to bring in their strengths when it's not so, you know, it's not your forte. Yeah. Cause you know, in a, in a team in a team
2: dynamic, you don't want everybody with the same personality because you don't. You know, an accountant, they need to be what's a a C, right? The concise look at every detail. And then I am an I'm a DI. So, like, I am very dominant as well. And I'm very determined. So, how Will and I worked it out, and this is going to be in my book as well, is he was a CEO at work, right? But at home, I was a CHO, the chief home officer, because I needed power in something as well. And he was like, Oh, my God, at home, like, you know, although we make decisions together, I basically do our social calendar, what we're going to eat. I mean, being a mom, you are a leader, too, because you got to get everybody riled up together, and make sure that you know, everything flows well at home, because if not, fine, you may have a great work um, environment. But then if you get home, and it's chaos, I mean, that's where the balance comes in. Oh
1: my gosh. Absolutely. And it's so interesting (laughs) that you said that because I literally said it on the podcast episode that I recorded yesterday about how like in the home it is, I'm like the chief home officer. (laughs) Yeah, It's like, and if you don't feel as a person, I think it's not even a gender thing. You don't feel as a person that you sort of have the reins on something in your life. Like you're empowered and in an aspect, you feel like there's something missing. So when it does become to like important decisions in the household, I do feel like I have more say. And then when it comes to decisions, obviously in my husband's business or just things where it kind of intersect where our personal life intersects with a, with his business, it's sort of like, then my husband has the upper hand, because I do feel like there has to be that balance and two people need to feel empowered in a couple.
2: Exactly. And if there's that power struggle, you can't work together. And if you don't, I think the the key is understanding the strengths and weaknesses. And also, if you want to go into business with your husband, you both have to be rowing the same way. Right. And you have to have believe in your purpose of why are you in business? What makes you different? Because when your team is clear on that, that's how you build camaraderie and like those cheerleaders who really like love working for you and loyalty. Um, And if I was rowing a different way, he was rowing a different way, people would get confused. And truthfully, if you look at it, whenever you struggle in anything in life, you got to go back to why. Well, you know, if I wanna lose weight and I'm on a diet and you're like, you have one day where you're like, oh, why am I doing this anyways? I just wanna eat whatever I want. Well, you gotta go back to why. Did your doctor say you need to lose weight or you're gonna go on medicine? And just like in business, when you know things don't go your way and it is a roller coaster ride of ups, downs. Um, and when you go through those hard moments, we always went back to the why, well, why are we in business? We're in business to help children. You know, they need us without us, you know, they wouldn't have no dental home. And because we were both so clear on that, like when he was down, like, Oh, you know, I don't know, God's not helping me and it's not working. I would be the first one to be like, Hey, keep an eye on the ball. Like, We are doing something so good. And that's why our offices are busy. We just need to now get lean and mean and work on operations in our business so that we can, you know, get past this because you can't control what's happening outside. You can't control that COVID happened, right? I mean, that was one of, that was another scary time, but we can control what we do inside our business and you can control, um, you know, how you react to them.
1: Yes. I love that. It's like, it's almost like the vision needs to be so crystal clear and it has to be a unified vision is what is listening to because and this is the key honestly in all the different aspects like for example a lot of um couples struggle also financially together because they're not holding a vision for their finances together like they don't come together and like plan their finances it's sort of like they don't even communicate what their financial plans are And one person is thinking one thing and the other person has other, they've both been raised by different like uh, sort of money stories. And so they don't even agree what money is, what their money is going to be for. Like some people want to save everything. Other people want to spend everything. But if they would just come together and sort of communicate and create a unified vision for what they wanted, I think their entire life would change. And that's what you're telling me here is that you both were very clear, crystal clear on where you were going and where it was headed. Did that have to do, is that do you think that has to do a lot with the communication with your spouse? Like how do you create a clear vision with your partner? Communication is leadership.
2: I mean, that's like in one sentence and in business and at work. And in business and at home. Um, Will and I, we have really good communication skills. And I know that the number one reason why people get divorced is either money or communication. You can't communicate. If you don't communicate how you're feeling, then you hold grudges. And like you mentioned, If you're not clear on, well, what you want, let's say you want to travel, but your husband doesn't like to travel. You have to meet a common ground because then you start to become disgruntled. You start to have resentment. And so um, communication is something that we work on a lot. And as I'm Asian, I'm Filipino American, communication wasn't a big thing in my house And my parents are very, you know, like if they fought, they fought behind doors um, and they weren't very expressive. But holy crap, my husband's Latino. (laughs) I was like, whoa. I mean, he actually brought it out in me to be a good communicator and which I think what makes him such a fabulous father and leader because he is like a straight trader. He doesn't care if it's going to hurt your feelings or not, but he has to say what he has to say. If not, when you hold those things in it, then it's going to like fester into resentment. And then that's where things start to go wrong, like infidelity or, you know, like you, it, it's just like a a recipe for disaster. So communication is so key.
1: Yes. And like, and even like with, I think a lot of times women also, just because we're like such people pleasers, sometimes. I see women that have a hard time expressing themselves and where they're not satisfied in their marriage. And I always say, you have to, it's sort of like we have to plant as women, even if we're like the flowers, right? We have to sort of put a, a, like a flag of like, you do not step past this and this is my flag and you don't push the flag down. It's sort of like almost, I say, we almost have to step into our masculine in order to put those like boundaries and we have to learn how to say no. And like you said, communicate effectively. Otherwise like the person that might have the stronger personality or the more masculine energy might trample all over us, and I and I, I always tell my husband, I'm like, it's so important. It has been so important for me to be vocal about what I want and what what makes me unhappy, because if not, then I feel like the world would just like bulldoze right over me. <laughs> no, and you're hundred percent correct. You know, part of, you
2: know, being a, uh, an effective communicator and leader, you have to go through hard times. And when I was a manager, I had, I was so scared to communicate with, you know, these two team members that I was having issues with because I needed to get them to be, you know, where the company needed to them to be. But since I was a people pleaser, you know, I had to work with these individuals for 12 hours out of the day. I didn't want them to be mad at me. I wanted to be the nice boss. And let me tell you I learned really quickly. I mean, I cried. Um I would come home crying asking my husband like, "Oh my god, I'm so nice." Like he's like, "Well, you need to stop being so nice and really say what you need to say and get what you need, you know, be communicate effectively. Be nice, but be firm." And that's something that I learned along the way. Like I am not the same person I was when I was 25 years old because life has a way of teaching you so many lessons and what you resist will persist. So if you if you um if you resist having that Difficult conversation, which I think a lot of women have a hard time doing, um, that difficult conversation, you will struggle both at work and at home as well, even with your kids, right? You have to lead with love. And if you don't like reprimand your kid, you don't discipline them, then you're not really like showing them the best love ever. You're really being selfish because, Oh, I don't want them to hate me. I don't want to be the bad guy. Well, unfortunately you're their mom. And you're their parent and you have to discipline these kids. If not, they're going to go into the real world, like wild animals. And, you know, people comment to us all the time on how, you know, uh, respectful my kids are. They're very, you know, um, they just like, they're just really calm kids because we also lay those like foundations of leadership at home. So it's really like being a leader at work has helped me so much be an even better mom.
1: I love it. I love it. Now, I want to veer a little bit towards like a little bit more of your personal life, right? Because I think one of the interesting things, because we went over the business, we went over the partnership and God and spirituality, the kids, but like there's even more to Rochelle. So like there's the Rochelle also that with her husband travels a ton. You are like a I think a, a travel lover, right? I would consider yeah, you that. I'm a Wonderlust. Yes, you're total. You're like the epitome of a Wonderlust. I mean, you'll see yeah. Rochelle in like Bali, or I mean, you've been <laughs> to so many places around the world and you'll see her and you'll take all your three kids with you and you'll just, yes. you've been showing them the world since they've been very young. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. You know, one thing that Will and I love, and we
2: both got it from our parents, my mom, um, the love for travel came from my mom because when she came from the Philippines, she her goal was to see all 50 states before we went to college and the reason for that is the united states was new to her she wanted to explore all the different countries and every break she already had our vacation plans so and my husband the same thing uh both our parents owned their own businesses and that's like that was their escape to from the chaos and that's actually what we did as well and you know as like a parent tip You, when you bring kids into the world, they adjust to your life, not the other way around. Right. Um, And and I think that's what we've been very clear of. Oh, but Johnny has to go to sleep at this time. And so we can't do this. Nope. Well, I know it's his bedtime, but we're hungry and we want to go out to dinner. So they're going to behave. Obviously, there's a time limit sometimes with kids, but we would take them in the stroller and eventually, you know, they will rise to your expectations. If you expect them to have a tantrum, not behave, guess what? they're not going to behave. But if you set good expectations and you um you know you take them out you go outside your comfort zone, right? So we went with three kids under 3 all the way to Hawaii. That was like two planes, long plane trips, and we had so many people stop us they're like, "Do you guys need help?" We're like, "No, we're fine." <laughs> um was it difficult? Absolutely. We went to Iceland and there was like no big name brand hotels, the food was kind of weird, but uh we just love to travel and and show our kids that The United States is great, but there's so many other parts of the world and we want to show them also um, like, you know, the poverty so that they can really practice gratitude at such a young and early age and be like loving human beings.
1: Absolutely. I love that. I love that. And I love the part about because I feel like we live in a society where it's like you said, it's like parents are trying to assimilate to their kids instead of the other ones. And I also do not abide by that philosophy. The fact that like we need to all, you know, just switch our schedules around for the kids. I feel like... When it's the other way around, when the child understands that they become part of a family unit and that they have to sort of assimilate themselves to the family and what the family is about, then it teaches them discipline. It teaches them respect also, which is, I think, something that has been a little bit lost in the recent times. And I think at the end of the day, they end up growing from it and they end up growing faster. Like they end up, you know, like you're saying, they end up going to restaurants where it might be outside their comfort zone because they might be tired, but they realize, okay, well, even when I'm tired, there's a certain way that I have to behave. There's, a certain, yes. you know, there's certain manners that I still have to abide by just because I'm tired doesn't mean I'm going to throw a tantrum. So I do think it's highly important to be able to teach those things to our children.
2: Yeah. And my kids are not perfect by any means and we're not perfect either, but you know what? It's from the mistakes that you grow and you learn, you know, like, oh my God, like we shouldn't have gone out at it this time. He was already cranky. So we're like, okay, next time we know. So, you know, and we like to show kids, like sometimes they'll not behave. And we're like, guys, you know, we just spent so much money on like this great restaurant and look how you guys behave. And then they'll look back and they're like, we're so sorry. But if we just reprimand them and not allow them to make mistakes, okay, we understand you made the mistake. What can we learn from it? And that is when they start to grow. Right. Um, And obviously because we own, uh, we owned a pediatric dental office. We saw some of the, some kids like that it's just the they they're the parents they're they're the ones who rule the house and I and I think that was also a driving force for my, for my husband and I to be like oh no like we're we cannot put kids out in this world that are so entitled because you're just gonna do more damage than good the minute they face adversity or rejection they're just gonna crumble
1: crumble oh my god that's so true it's interesting <laughs> because I had a conversation with one of my child's therapists and he was saying about how those children that grow up in those homes where they're like the sun and all the other people are the planets rotating around them that those kids that grow up in that environment end up resenting their parents in the long run because when they go out in the real world and they realize they're actually not the sun and that everybody else is not the planets rotating around them they get really angry because they feel like almost like my mom and dad didn't teach me Right. Now, now they have to suffer even harder. It's sort of like when you have, when you learn very important lessons early on in life, it's so much easier because the consequences are not as harsh, but when you're learning those very important things later on in life, the consequences are, can be very, very like harsh. <laughs> I know. And that's how you can, um,
2: you know, I th- I think when you want to open up a business or do anything in life, reach a goal. The first thing you have to have is the right mindset. And as a child, you know, they're building it now. And if you don't teach them that, and that's our role as parents is to parent them and guide them. Like when they get into the real world, they're going to crumble and then they're going to face mental health issues and then go through therapy and, you know, find out the hard way. And some people will overcome it, but there's some that they just, they
1: can't. Yeah, absolutely. No mindset is everything. And I know you speak a lot about that topic now. Um, just to kind of finish the circle, I wanted to talk about like health and fitness because interestingly enough, it's another area where I really admire Rochelle. So if you follow her on Instagram and she's gonna give you all the contact information that so you can so you can do so um, at the end of the episode you know, Rochelle, you'll see her like working out and she's fit. She's a mom of three, but she's a total MILF. <laughs> <laughs> Just like you, Val. <laughs> She's been a MILF since I've known her. Like she's <laughs> always been fit. And like, actually recently she gave me, um, I actually started hiring some people that help her with the training and stuff like that. Right. That, that, that do this course. And it's been like awesome for me because I'm, I'm tracking my macros and i started. Oh. Yeah, and I've started doing weights again. And honestly, it was highly like um I think inspired by your post on Instagram. So tell us a little bit about how you have always prioritized your health and you know, for those of us for those people listening that feel like, okay, if you have a business and you have kids, there's definitely no time for like mm-hmm. taking care of yourself and putting your body and like the importance of your nutrition and your exercise as a priority. Can you talk a little bit as to like how you're able to do that?
2: Yes. You know, um, as you mentioned, a lot of people like to say busy. I'm too busy for that. And if you take a step back and you just write a list of what's really important to you, you will start to realize that you're going to find time for the things that you want to nurture. And for me, I think when I hit 40, I don't know, something happened where I was like, "Okay, that's it. I know as a pharmacist when you hit the age of 40 you take an average of one pill every year because you know we're getting older we're not as young and I want to make sure that I not only set a good example for my kids but also I don't want to take medicine at an early age cuz I do have history of diabetes heart you know high cholesterol heart, um, high blood pressure, osteoporosis, you know, and that's why I started doing weights because I'm Asian and I don't want to get brittle. And then one fall, lead me into a wheelchair later on. I know I'm still being, I'm you know, you have to be proactive and that's where I really started getting into like the weight training and that fitness. But if you take a step back, like 10 years ago, what really got me into fitness is the stress from work. Um, and from growing a business and being a mom and feeling that I need time for me, like you need to love yourself first before you can love anybody else. You need to give yourself that energy so when you go to work or when you're with your kids, you can give them the best part of you, right? And so for me, like I mean, it sh- it shows that working out releases endorphins. Endorphins are that happy that what makes you happy, and I prioritize it and I put it as like a non negotiable. If I know that. I can't work out during the week because I'm working and I'm taking care of the kids in the afternoon, then it needs to be in the morning. So you have to have discipline. I have to go to sleep. A little bit earlier than most people, but because I really create, I, I really, really have created this p- as part of my life and not like, Oh, I'm not trying to do it to like have a sexy body. Truthfully, I'm doing it because I want to be healthy. I think it's healthy for my mind. And it's the best drug for stress reliever and for struggles. Like, I don't know if you fighting with your husband or your kids and you're just like, I just need a moment to breathe. Well, this is like my moment to breathe. And when I wake up in the morning, the other day, the Peloton wouldn't work and the uh, treadmill. And it was my cardio day. I was like furious. I was like, Oh my God, what happened? Um, and I was like, you know what? No problem. I took the mat and my weights. I put on an online, um, pure bar class. Cause I love bar. And I was literally doing it in the middle of the kitchen because you know, that's how strong my mindset is. Like I'm, I, I don't get, I'm not quick to anger. And that's something that like I had to, you know, people have to work on is like, okay, if something goes wrong, let's pivot not worry about it because now you're wasting time.
1: <laughs> I, I love that. I think a lot of us get stuck sometimes when we get frustrated. And like you said, like that, that's a classic example. You wake up and you wake up super early. What time do you wake up? Like at six? You start five,
2: five, between five and five 30.
1: There you go between five and five thirty. She's like my husband, you're like my husband. Yeah. I like my workouts a little bit later. But Rochelle wakes up super early to do her workout. So, like, you know, you wake up and obviously it's 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 a sacrifice already, and then you you start wanting to do your thing, and then the things don't work, and it's like, ah, and then every anybody else would kind of go, Okay, well, it's just not happening today. It's like that perfect excuse not to do the thing that you set yes. up when they're not working. No, and no, I- no. My husband was already doing weights that day.
2: And he was like, getting frustrated, trying to help me. He's like, no, put your ear pods on because I am i want my music for my weights and my ear pods. My daughter had, it, it was crazy. I could have made, see, that's the thing. You can make every single excuse not to do something. But once you recognize that you're making excuses, like I quickly recognize, no, I'm not going to let this ruin my time because this is important to me. He came out he's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm working out. Like, I don't care if the machine's broken. You don't want me there with my music. So I'm going to go outside in the kitchen with my dog half on my mat. And I felt so good afterwards, (laughs) but it all
1: starts with your mindset. Like that's, that's like key. So what, what do you do in order to create, you think a positive mindset or a mindset that's conducive to the type of thing you're talking about, where you're just, you know, you're, uh, What, what do you think is your like key to a good mindset
2: is, is practicing like just gratitude. If you can change like your glasses, change your perspective, when something doesn't go your way, understand that, you know, it's not happening like to you, it's happening for you. So when there's a setback, you didn't get what you wanted, know that it happened for a reason. And, you know, you need to try harder. And I really believe that, um, just being grateful that I can move and saying, you know what, how many people would love to work out at this time? How many people would love to have kids? How many people would love to be in your shoes right now? I think once you can start saying, you know, God, thank you for everything that I have in my life. And just practice that every single day. It really helps. Like my gratitude um, uh, cycle started, honestly, in my early thirties. It's not like, Oh, I, I didn't wake up like this out of, you know, out of my mom's belly or not even in my twenties. Right. In your twenties, you're just, you're so selfish. You're just worrying about yourself and everything for you. And, um, and then you get into your thirties and and then you start, you start hitting life starts to hit you in the face real fast. And when you can take a step back and say, Oh my God, he closed that door for a reason. Like that, that was closed for a reason. And this person was put in my life for a season for a reason. To help you grow and once you can change your perspective and see see the good in everything and not always see the negative I, I i think that's like key
1: i love that i love that okay what about productivity hack any productivity like if you were to say okay this is what makes me able to do all of these things that i want to do what would you say is like your number one productivity hack or two <laughs>
2: uh, a couple of productivities how do i say you know really productive because if you look at my calendar. I'm not kidding you, every like 30 minutes, hour, everything is like, I I plan things um, very strategically in my iPhone calendar. And that's because I have a to-do list that I created yesterday. So I already know what I'm going to do today because I don't want to wake up with that anxiety of, oh my God, I got to do this. I got to do that. And it's not written down. But when you create that list of all the things that there's a lot of things, trust me, there's so many things that we all have to do. But it's really prioritizing like this needs to get done because if this doesn't get done, then it's going to be a catastrophe. So um, and prioritizing what's important to you. So if reading a book is is important to you, if, if, you know, working out or making sure that you're there for your child's ballet class, if those are important to you, you have to plan things around that your schedule. But the also and I love I loved your podcast on this one is the power of saying no. And as women, we're people pleasers. And I am, I'm, a, I'm a Gemini, I'm an extrovert. I my like, I don't know, I'm like everybody's biggest cheerleader. I I love so hard. And if you're my friend, you know it because I'm I nurture like all my friendships because it's important to me and my family. Um, but the the power of saying no, I learned that when I had three kids under three and a business, and my husband's like, You're really gonna kill yourself. Like you're you're not kill yourself, but like, you know, you're really gonna um yeah, yes. you're gonna burn out. Burnout. Like it's so
1: true. When we yes. say, because when you say yes to something, you're saying yes. no already to so many things. So when you and say then, no, you can actually say yes to the things you want. Yes. And
2: that was an eye opener for me. And I was like, no, no. Because like, for me, I'm all about integrity and my word. If I told you I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there. But there's some times where, you know, I had to slowly let that go and say, you know what? No, I can't be there because my family is more important, or this is more important, or my own sanity, or my sleep is more important. Um, so, creating those, you know, that's how you be productive is number one, understanding and prioritizing what's important to you, creating boundaries and saying no. And really, the night before, write all the things that you're going to do tomorrow that must get done. And at the end of the day, you go and you look at your list and you scratch them off and then you create the list already for tomorrow so that you already know, okay, these, there's no negotiables. Like if your friends are calling you and you know that you have to get this thing done, you put your phone away and you get it done.
1: Rochelle, what, um, Tell us where we can find all of your like where we can follow you, where people can find you so that they can see the amazing life that you do have and so that they can get inspired. Because I I personally get inspired by you all the time. And I feel like women like you allow me like even like the possibility to dream that I can have a very colorful life. <laughs> yes.
2: Oh, thank you so much. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Rochelle Pena underscore, um, or you can go to Rochelle That's my lifestyle website. And most recently my husband and I opened, a. Uh, consulting business for small for business owners to really help them navigate through those tough waters that we went through and I truly believe in coaches we had one and honestly that's what took our company to the next level um when you know what you know and when you're in the in the weeds sometimes you need help and that's whether that's your personal life or um or in your business. So we we have a holistic approach, where we want to make sure that people are happy, both in their personal and at work. Um, And that is rpwconsultants.com.
1: I love Mm -hmm. that. It's sort of like the natural progression to what everything that you guys have built. And, you know, for the person that's listening, like, this is interesting, because keep in mind, Rochelle was literally a person that you were pretty, you're retired, able to retire at the age of what? You were how old when you sold your businesses? Uh, 39. (laughs) 39, exactly. And you could have just said to yourself, oh, I just want to sort of like cruise through life. And people think that's like, you know, the way to be. How did you, because that was another thing you discovered afterwards. Okay, no, no, now I have another purpose. Yeah,
2: no, I truthfully for, I took a couple of years off because the roller coaster was insane. Um, I, I, I needed a break. I need, I think I needed a mental break of, all the stress and, and the honesty, the anxiety that I, I'm really good at, like holding in my like anxiety through working out and all that stuff. But like, you take your husband's like when he's anxious, I'm like, okay, calm down. Um, and I I wanted to be part of something bigger than myself again. And I, I you know, I feel like in life, you there has to be a purpose why you wake up every morning. And I wasn't feeling it anymore. I was like, what am I doing? Like, yes, I'm taking care of my kids and doing things around the house, but i I felt like I learned so much in the past 10 years of being business that I need to give back. And I want to help those people who were in my shoes in the past and and truthfully pay it forward.
1: That's amazing. So you started writing your book. Now you're doing the tour. You're like, you're going uh, like around in the press. Like you're literally becoming known. It's really, tell, tell us what what that journey has been like, because that's very it, recent. Oh my God. I literally started this journey in February. And the reason why I started is because
2: last um, New Year's, I didn't know what to say. Something fabulous that I accomplished that year. Cause every year would, you know, talk about what we accomplished. And I was like, no, this year is going to be different. And my husband, who's my biggest accountability partner, I swear. He's like my life coach and I'm his, he's like, Rochelle, I need you to stop talking what you're going to do and just do it. And that's the hardest thing for anybody who wants to accomplish something. is just taking that first step. And when I realized that I took a first step into opening my life to everybody in this lifestyle leader, like who's going to want to know about me. I'm nobody's so famous. But when I started getting the messages like, Oh my God, I love this. Like, thank you. Thank you for recommending this. I knew that I was, um, I was onto something big and just like slowly, Doors started opening. I was part of like women entrepreneur groups such just entrepreneurs. I met other fabulous women and I want to be elevated and be I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. I want to be around other people that can teach me that so I can grow. And I started getting the press because, um, you know you have to be validated, unfortunately, from like the outer world. I know who I am. There's no imposter syndrome here, but how am I going to get other people to trust me if I don't have any validity from like the outside world? And so I did get a PR agent, uh, Sabina, for anybody who needs it, I'm not afraid to share how I got press, um, who runs Press for Success. She is amazing. And she understands me so much and my journey and she's just like, I don't know how you're not discovered and she's become my biggest cheerleader. And when she goes to pitch me to news stations like you know Forbes and NBC they're they're like, oh my God, we need we need to meet them. Um, so yeah, I've been doing um TV interviews about friendships. I'm gonna now start around on business on anybody who's afraid to start business like what it takes. So that, and then a bunch of podcasts cause, and then, and, and it feels good to like, you know, not for the TV and being on TV and uh, being famous. No, it's, I know that for everybody that's listening, if, if I just can touch one person, one a day, um, or help one person once a day to me, that's like goals.
1: Amazing. And I think it, I think it's like, Looking at you and seeing your life and knowing you from so young, it's like yes, this totally makes sense. Because I think all of us that have seen you grow and like prosper and become the woman that you have become, it's like, how does Rochelle do all this? And it's really cool how, like, when this year when you just sort of opened up your life, like, yeah, and you are a person that's very generous. Like Rochelle is somebody who will all, and I think that this is like a key to a lot of successful women is that when they become successful, they're not like shy about sharing how they become successful or like giving out, like when I tell her, Oh my God, your, your pictures are beautiful. This is the photographer I use girl. When, you know, I ask her the (laughs) the house, Oh, this is the person that I use for like organizing it. And it's really cool because you really do elevate everybody around you and you're always looking to be elevated.
2: Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's key to life and and we can leave it at this is when you lead with love, what do you get back? Love. And it's okay. Like if someone doesn't say good morning to you, you just say good morning and you continue walking on like, you know, and, and lead everything you have to do with love because people can tell if you're not genuine.
1: Yes. Yes. And with joy, because I see you that yeah. you inject a lot of things with joy. So yeah. anyways, if you guys have any questions or comments for Rochelle on this episode, go to mamaskonganaspodcast.com forward slash 211 mamaskonganaspodcast.com forward slash 211 thank you so much for being here with us today and for sharing all your nuggets of um of knowledge and information oh my god thank you for having me this was so fun it was like talking to
2: a best friend so um anybody who wants to dm me questions honestly i'm happy to answer them and thank you valentina for the opportunity besitos i'll see you next week bye
0: bye